0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. The past year has been challenging, eh? It's times like these we need to think about what keeps us well, focusing on reimagining our well being It's about noticing the beauty around us and finding strength and support we've all given and received. We all have mental health. Let's improve it together. Welcome to Living Well in Otago. In this podcast series, Otago people share their ideas about practical, everyday things you can do to support your wellbeing and build connections with others. This series was produced for Otago Mental Health Support Trust and Weave Together, with funding support from Southern District Health Board.
1: Hi, my name is Donna and I live in Central Otago. I work in the uh, helping sector, if you like, uh, working with older people who have dementia and the caring family members. And I've lived here in Central Otago now for about seven years after living further south. Today I'd like to share some ideas with you about the ways that I try to maintain my own mental health in a space that can be a difficult working space, and also in the context that I've recently moved away from much of my support network further down the country. I'm going to tackle the topic of my mental wellbeing and how I look after myself in three different contexts today. I want to talk about how I curate the world of information and my access to social media and try to make it a really positive experience. I'd like to touch on the stage of life that I'm in and how that influences the way I approach self-care and then I'd like to talk briefly about spirituality and what that means to me at this time in my life and hopefully I'll share some ideas that you might find some value in for yourselves. Moving straight into um, curating my world, if you like, the virtual world is a really important part of most of our lives. We're all consumers of information and there's a lot of advice out there that is in the well-being estate, if you like, around limiting your time on social media, watching TV and that kind of thing. And I don't disagree with any of that, but I think there are other constructive steps that we can take to ensure that our interaction with the virtual world brings us more of the content we value and perhaps less of that which doesn't serve us. So firstly, I need to know that you are aware of the Google bubble, that each search you perform on the Google platform contributes to an algorithm that's built to make sure that they can keep serving you more and more of what you're telling them that you want. So each search that you do helps to refine all of the following searches that you do on the Google platform Now, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with that. They're running a business and they want to please you. But if you don't know that that Google bubble is there, that that filter is giving you the information that they think that you want to keep getting, then you're not able to step back and think critically about the breadth and depth of the search results that you're given. So, I just want you to think about that and know that um, you need to be quite proactive in that space and be very careful with your language. Language is everything. So I'd just like to give you a quick example of the way that that might work. So if I search for why should I not vaccinate my children on the Google platform, what it's going to give me is all the reasons why I shouldn't vaccinate. I won't necessarily be exposed to opposing viewpoints, research that supports vaccination, or discussion about why some people have come to believe that vaccination isn't safe. If, however, I was to search for scholarly articles on vaccination for children, I'd get a much broader view of research, the pros and cons, that kind of thing. So it's about bringing consciousness, a noticing and really a focused attention to how you go about working on that platform and others. Some of the other ways I try to curate my virtual world are to actively seek, support and interact with people and organisations that I respect and value. So my Instagram account, for example, has been curated to serve up daily doses of messaging that supports wellbeing, the self-healing and positive imagery. And I, I follow art sites and great food makers and things that feed my soul. And also a lot of accounts that talk about caring for our beautiful planet. Now, I'm aware that it can be really hard to know where to start and and how to find great content that's new to you. So I wanted to give you some specific examples of some of the resources I've found that really do feed my soul in many ways. One very recent find is called onbeing.org. It's a website which has a fabulous uh, tagline, if you like, that I think really says it all. Their tagline says... Pursuing Deep Thinking and Moral Imagination, Social Courage and Joy to Renew Inner Life, Outer Life and Life Together. And it is just a very thought-provoking range of articles, podcasts, all kinds of things, this fabulous poetry on the site. And I just find it's a great place to go in and dip in and find something that might further my thinking about my personal well-being at any given time. One of the Instagram accounts I love is called Wisdom of Anxiety. It's by Cheryl Paul, who has an MA in Young Counselling, and she challenges my thinking around what anxiety is, because anxiety is a problem that's with me pretty constantly in varying degrees. She encourages me to approach my anxiety with curiosity and to try and discover what it is that my body is telling me it needs through presenting me with those symptoms. I've found it's been a huge resource for me to begin to feel better um, and understand that my anxiety is actually just another human experience. Another Instagram account that I follow and find huge value in is called The Holistic Psychologist. That's Dr Nicole Lepera, and she's just written a book which is due to be published called How to Do the Work. Her posts encourage and support self-healing in that sort of psychological space, and it's supported by deeper dives on her blog. She's built a really positive culture on her Instagram page, and she is very responsive to her readers and followers, and has a really caring persona in that Instagram space. I intend to order that book, and I might go back and mention that the previous account, Wisdom of Anxiety, Cheryl Paul recently published a book by the same name, which I'm currently reading, and it also is highly recommended. In the physical well-being space, I've found some free yoga classes online, which have served me very well now for four years. I have started following yoga with Adrienne uh, in January four years ago, when I was sent there by a friend who said she'd signed up for the 30 days of yoga in January, which is done every year with a completely new 30 days each January. So I'm keen for next month's new series and I've just restarted a a home practice again. Now I've come to that space as a complete novice and Adrian's very careful work in that space allowed me to become a confident home practitioner in the yoga space Without injury and without any adverse effects to me at all. She's a wonderful practitioner. I also recommend her because she has a huge range of resources that are absolutely free. However, you can also subscribe to her Find What Feels Good branch of her website. And that costs me $15 a, a, a month to get absolutely free access to an even more huge range of resources but that also allows me to support other people who can't afford to pay and the my $15 goes towards her maintaining those free resources online for other people so that makes me feel good and myself as well.
0: Here's another mindful minute. Connecting the world through a cup of coffee. As you save your cup of coffee, think of all the people who have been involved in this from planting, harvesting, transporting, roasting, selling and making it. Add milk and sugar too, if you want.
1: The next thing I'd like to talk about is my approach to the later stages of life. I'm 59 and I reached menopause about four years ago and I've found that to be quite a difficult transition and it's really forced me to think, much harder and more carefully about my well-being and my self-care practices. I'm a person who is one of the sandwich generation that's so often talked about these days. I'm caring for a mother who's in the late stages of dementia. She's She lives some distance away, but I visit regularly in her care facility. And I'm also supporting my grown-up children and a, a, a lovely new granddaughter. One of my sons has significant mental health issues that he's managing reasonably well at the moment. But that's an issue that's ongoing within our family. I, I know a number of other younger people very close to me who are also experiencing significant mental distress at times. So those things create incredible pressure on us and their grown-up lives. And it's really important that we focus on what we can do and manage to put boundaries in place, to protect some of our time for ourselves. And that's one of the things that I do really quite constructively. I've, through my move to this part of the world, this beautiful part of the world, I was attracted here by the surroundings and the weather and all of those kinds of things. But it was also an opportunity to make some significant changes in my life. And so I moved from full-time work to part-time work. And I now work four days a week, and that leaves my Fridays free for me, which allows me to go and visit my mother in my own time and meet um, up with my sister in the same place, and we support each other in that care for our mother. And that's been really helpful in ensuring that I still have a weekend for um, my own purposes. And so my weekends are, once again, I'll use that word curated very much to support me and my well-being. My practices every day of the week, really, to start where the weather permits. I start on the deck with a coffee, listening to the bird song if I'm up early enough or, or if it's light enough for the birds to be singing, looking out across the orchards that surround our rural property. And it's just a very restful way for me to set the tone for the day going forward. And the rest of my weekend nowadays has a very measured pace. And I've adopted a strategy that works really well for me, and it might work for you too. Often my to-do list at the weekend, even with that four-day week, can look really huge. So on those weekends, when it just feels a bit much, I'm very inclined to do the one thing strategy, and that is by just thinking about all the stuff I have to do. I decide what is the one thing I'm going to commit to doing today. And I allow myself quite specifically to to pick the simplest thing, if that's what I need to do today. And it might be a five-minute task, and I remove all of the pressure that I might have placed on myself around getting stuff done. And that has been such a helpful addition to my wellbeing strategies. Invariably, the success of just doing that one thing, and I actually physically have written it down on a list and crossed it off, allows me to get that endorphin rush of knowing I've just done that thing it's okay I managed it I will more often than not go on and do many other things but without the pressure of feeling that I have to so I do that and I seek time in nature outside I spend time in my garden as I've said previously I manage try to manage my uh, deep dives and going down the rabbit hole of social media in recent months I've also worked really hard to resist the need to know around the COVID pandemic and needing to hear the latest news and be constantly tuned in to those channels because I've found it really hasn't served me. So I've tried to narrow that down to a couple of quick dives a couple of times a day just to make sure that I'm on top of what's happening. Fortunately now we're in a much Um, more stable stage here in New Zealand. Let's hope that continues and it's been much easier to manage my well-being um,
0: as we move into that better state. Here's another Mindful Minute. Going for a mindful walk. You can walk in a park, down the street or in your garden. Start by standing and noticing your breathing. As you walk, pay attention to your feet touching the ground. Stop and look at the trees flowers or other things, walk again. Lastly,
1: I'd like to talk about spirituality and how I'm on my journey to find out what that means for me. I was raised in a family where spirituality was a really neutral space. There was no connection to a traditional Christian faith or anything of that nature so as I've got older and experienced many of the joys and sorrows and accumulated experiences of life it seemed increasingly important to me to begin to think more about the meaning of life what that is for me and what my spirituality means for me. It's a very personal space and and I'd like to just talk about some of the ways that I've gone about finding places, really, that feed that part of my soul and and help me along that journey. One of the wonderful things about living in central Otago for me has been that the reason, one of the reasons I came here, I think, with my husband is that we've always felt very much drawn to the physical nature of this part of our country. I can remember when we first began travelling here to, to this place on holidays, I would feel an overwhelming sense of homecoming as we approach the, the rocky outcrops that are so, so much an icon of this landscape. And I would just feel a deep sense of homecoming, and it's remained that way ever since. And so when I have been exploring the places around me um, locally to Alexandra itself, which is We live just out of Alexandra, and over in Cromwell, we originally moved to Bannockburn when we first came here. I just feel an enormous sense of calm and peace when I visit certain places in this landscape. One of the places I go to actually has a really strong connection to Dunedin, I think. Bollandale Park is a place up in the hills uh, up above the road as you're coming into Alexander from the Dunedin direction and my understanding is that it was set up by a couple who came from Dunedin and they would come over on their weekends with seedlings and seeds and they bought this quite extensive piece of land on a rocky outcrop up there and now it is 40 odd or maybe 50 odd years on it's just the most wonderful place to go with huge trees, there's pools, there's just a wonderful array of plantings that are very suited to the landscape because they had to survive in very grim conditions between their weekly visits and it's just a place that really speaks to me and it's a place that I go to to walk through, wander, pick up and forage for seed heads and pine cones and that's one of my pastimes that I take home that feeds my creativity. I take them home and do things with them. Another place that I go to locally is uh, anywhere down by the river. We have wonderful rail trails and river trails all around Alexandra, many of them following alongside the Clotha River, which is the river that terrifies me, actually. So it surprised me, surprises me somewhat that I can still find a deep sense of calm and peace and connection to the natural world. And I do find that some of my deepest thinking happens when I walk along those trails and experience nature in that form. And the other place that I've found has been a, a bit of a spiritual retreat for me is a little inlet that comes off the Kawara River just before it joins with the Clutha River at the um, Cromwell Junction. So you have to drive out from Cromwell to Bannockburn itself and go over the bridge and turn to the left and head towards the wineries that sort of scatter around that hillside. And there's a little inlet just as you go down the hill and there's toilet facilities down there, all the comforts that you need. There's park benches and that you can sit on and picnic tables. And it's set up for families to come and swim and do water things. But most of the year, it's a very peaceful place with very few, few people around. And again, it's a place that just really feeds that, that inner world and gives me time to sit and contemplate where I'm at in life and come away with that deepened sense of serenity. So if you're visiting over this way, I highly recommend that you try any of those places. They're all open and free, and uh, maybe it will help you to find something of that sense of peace that I've found. Thank you. So those are some of the strategies that I've found, especially in recent times, that help me at this stage of my life. I hope that you've found something in amongst those things that might serve you and help you on your journey. I wish you all the best in your search for well-being and thank you for having me.
0: You've been listening to Living Well in Otago. If you'd like to hear more ideas about practical, everyday things you can do to support your wellbeing and build connections with others, check out more podcasts in this series from oar.org.nz. This series was produced for Otago Mental Health Support Trust and Weave Together, with funding support from Southern District Health Board. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin, with support from New Zealand On the Air.